Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action Forward News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Comet number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and always remember, as the great Kelden warlord Arnold H. Glasgow always said, a true friend never gets in your way unless you happen to be going down, or you go back on a deal before the agreed upon turn cycles. You know who you are. Screamy Gee getting caught up on meta traffic with the Weatherlight Report. Well, I'm bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. <laughs> Mr. T is really enjoying his R&R at Westworld. Ooh, Thank you for tuning okay. in to your number six source of Magic the Gathering news. <laughs> Old bit, gotta keep it going. Emmy Cruel, you know the yeah, deal. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, here we are. Yay. Uh, I'm gonna bring out a tambourine and some maracas. Actually, I have one here. <laughs> There's a rattlesnake in here. <laughs> There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> All right, we're gonna start at the top of the castle, ladies and carnage that ensued with forty-five. <laughs> so I want to talk about a game that I won with my Savine deck. Oh wow! Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I strictly won because Marketing Ross is a man of his word, and he uh, gave <laughs> me the terms that cool. he agreed to. So I I had a lot of mana. I had a lot of stuff on my board. I had one of the sagas out that I think the last saga is all the it's an sorceries I cast get copied. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I had a cryptic command, um, and I was able to use it earlier, bounce it back to my hand. Uh, but I wasn't doing a ton. But I just had a lot on my board: Rhystic Study, Smothering Tide. And so Ross, it came to his turn, and I had already bounced a bunch of his stuff uh, because he he was the threat, and it sure. was just like, look, man, I got no, I didn't even have blockers. I think I maybe had Savine, but I was just like, I'm gonna die if you keep swinging out at me. So it's just like, you know, I'm kind of messing with his board. And so he basically said, okay, here's the deal. I won't, you know, don't counterspell me, and like, what 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 can I get? And I was like, I want two turns of bereavement. Like, right. leave me alone for two turns. Mm -hmm. And he was like, cool. He then plays after, and I think he had something like 17 tokens. Um, he played a Goblin Bombardment. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, okay. Are That's you, a problem. Are we still good, are we still good on this? <laughs> and he's like, yes. You don't counterspell it. I won't do anything to you for two turns. Okay. So it goes to my first turn. I do some stuff. Goes uh, back to Ross. Uh, and Will was in the game and Dan was in the game, I believe, or Nathan. One of the two. I was in the tank. Uh, but somehow I pulled this off. Gets back to me, so I still have one turn of briefment from Ross. I top deck, top deck, expropriate. Oh, gosh. <laughs> as, as the saga went off to copy my instants and sorceries, and I had a swarm intelligence on the battlefield. Turns out, no one wanted to save money, so I got... 22 extra turns <laughs> oh my gosh yeah and so eventually i won like six turns in or five turns in but the thing is is ross could have killed me at any point because he could have sacked his stuff to the goblin bombardment and killed me but he chose not to to uphold his deal and marketing ross, ross i applaud you for that applause. well played well played squee what games do you want to talk about no games but I had a rage moment. So Atrax is dead. It's taken apart. It's unsleeved. What? It's gone. Why? I got upset at it. Uh, and I turned everything that I could possibly pull out of that, including the sleeves, because I didn't want to buy new ones, into my new Symbiotic Swarm deck with Cothreal Aspect Warper. So 
<laughs> we'll be debuting that this week. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I pulled a lot of cards out of out of uh, Atraxa, and I also just really had a disdain for playing that deck. So every time that it would come to the point where we'd be like, well, I guess I'll play Atraxa. Nobody wanted <laughs> to see that. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to play it. So for those playing the home game, don't be scared to kill your enemies. Smart. Well, Tuck, what games do you want to talk about? All right. So I have a game that started as a nightmare and continued through it. It was a complete fool's errand from the jump. So last night, me, Besh, Sir Brian, hashtag suck it, um, and uh, Hot Dog, Demon Poop, whatever your name is, you know who you are. I believe it's Hamburger. I think quick, it's Hamburger Demon Poop. That's right. So we decided to get a quick game in before I had to come back and do studying or whatever. So. Or whatever he says. Yeah. So it all started that Chris could not log on for the life of it. Uh, that's the hamburger demon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That happens quite a bit. Yes. Yeah, so um, he was like, I can't log on because my computer will only let me type in capitals. No letters. <laughs> like, what is going on? So he had to like reset. Physically can't things. type in my password. Right. So I was like, do you have a water bottle on your thing or something on your on your desk, on your laptop? And he's like, no. So we just start the game without him. And it turns out that he forgot he had an external keyboard plugged in and he had a bunch of stuff piled on top of it. <laughs> so um, wag, of the fever, wag of the finger to you, sir. That is extraordinarily embarrassing. So we get into the game. Um, Besh is playing an out-of-the-box cycling deck. Um, I'm playing uh, my Zaraxa deck. And uh, Sir Brian's playing his Zyrus Rithering Storm deck that we're all very familiar with, right? So, yeah. I, I don't know what it is about Sir Brian. There's something about him that just makes me play extremely poorly. So everything was, everything was going great, right? I had, everything was kind of rolling. Besh, I was about to win with Simic Ascendancy. Besh destroyed that. Um, Sir Brian was about to win with a gazillion different things. We took care of that. So it came around the table. I had a copy of, I had a copy of uh, Zyrus and about 25 tokens. I had 32 life. Jeez. I had 32 life and then Brian had even more. So I had 32 life and I think I had, I had 35 life and I had 32 tokens on the battlefield, right? Off the top because what comes one of our commander precon, uh, Deadly Tempest. And, and Bash, or I'm sorry, and um, Sir Brian had like a gazillion tokens, right? Like 50. So I was like, okay, I got the game sure. right here, I think. Uh, especially after the pre-con. So I swing in with everything at, um, swing in with everything at Besh, and then I, before I do that, I ask like, what's Sirius doing? So none of his abilities are May, which we'll get into. No okay. May abilities, right? So I'm swinging in, and I knocked Besh down to like 12, and I'm like, okay, I'm about to win the game. Brian's like, so are you going to draw any cards off of Edric, which he also had out? I was like, you know what? In my mind, I was like, yeah, I'm going to live past this board wipe. I don't have much of a hand. Sure, I'll draw five cards. Could use some gas. Resolved at the Created five snakes. And, and I was like, okay, so Brian, I think you're dead. I'm down to three. And Besh, you're down to like eight or five or something. And so Brian's like, wait, you drew cards off Teferi, right? I was like, yeah, so what? I'm like preparing. He's like, well, you create the stake tokens of Zerus. And I was like, 
Damn it. And he immediately was like, the virus has always happened with the two of us. Now, uh, so, and, then, and then Besh just like was quiet. He's like, so I win? And he had no board save. He had nothing. Um, so like, last time I felt kind of like an idiot, but this time I felt like less of an idiot because Brian was like, if you didn't kill me, I was going to win next turn anyways. I was like, okay, great. Like, awesome. Well, well I'm so I'm confused though. So if you had a copy of Xeris, mm-hmm. or did you did you just create the snakes from the cards that Brian drew? Because you don't create snakes when you draw cards. That's what I. Oh wait, no, hold on. It's when some. Is, is it when when is it when any player or just opponents draw cards? Opponents, opponents only. What the? No, like I drew. I drew the cards. Game. So wait, yeah, because I was gonna attack with Xeris. And since he had flying, that person would have drawn cards, right? Which would have killed me. Correct. So then I drew off of... I only drew off of Edric. No one else drew. But then... Wait. So if I draw... So Xeris strictly says whenever an opponent draws a card other than the first card they would draw in their draw step, you create a 1-1 snake. He might have had something that if like an opponent draws a card, I don't know. But that is very interesting. And I knew you cheated, Brian. I knew it. And this is more of the pitfalls of the internet. So perhaps I could have won that game, but instead I killed myself. I don't even know. So yeah, I, did, I, I didn't know if he, I didn't know if maybe he forgot something to where like, because if Brian has Zerus and you draw a card, then he would get, get a snake, but then that would only kill him further. So right. yeah. I don't know. Well, it was very upsetting, anyways. So I, I did <laughs> still feel bad. Is, clearly, even though even though I might have not misplayed, I still felt bad that I killed Brian, even though it was the next turn. So whatever. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to wrap up 40 Life in a Dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse. What's the plane chase? So uh, I'm going to take this one off. And uh, I thought since we've recently been um, not overwhelmed, but I feel, and we were talking in the group, that there has been more spoilers and secret layers and sets and all that stuff than any time I can remember in the history of time I'm playing Magic. So Correct. If you don't have limitless funds or if you only have a certain amount of money to spend on this game or resources or however you want to word it, um, I think now it's starting to get to a point where you can't just get every single thing that you you can't just get every single thing that always comes out. Right. You have to be right. conscious of how to choose. So I thought that we could talk about a couple different things here. Um, I had three topics that we could all kind of talk about how we how we would solve them, what we think about them, and how we use them. We all, all three of us, as you're all well aware of, have very different card buying, deck building styles and all that. So the three questions I wanted to go over today was one, for standard set boxes, like the Core 21, the Core 2021, the Ikoria and all that stuff, would you rather buy the box or just singles out of that? And the pros and cons of both. The second one is the for the more expensive and limited master master sets or things like that, the battle bonds, conspiracies, um, and most recently the double masters of the world. Do you is it smart to wait and see what it gets spoiled, or as soon as it's available, just get it if you want to get that product? Is it worth just buying it at the lowest price you can, or pre-ordering it at the lowest price you can, or waiting on the trigger of that? And then lastly, because there are a lot of different options out there. There's a lot of new cards coming out. How do you balance upgrading the decks you have versus building ones that have been on your radar mm-hmm. or ones that you're more interested in? So um, let's start at the top with standard set boxes and singles. So um, I'll kick this one off. I used to be a big proponent of buying the set boxes, right? 
we used to draft them um, and all that stuff, right? However, I am looking at three boxes of draft shaft, which half of which I inherited from <laughs> half of which I inherited from Tice, which I'll drink on that. Uh, and then a lot of it's from other sets that I might have opened or bought things from. So for me, I think in the situation that we're in right now where we're not really drafting, we're not really getting people together to do this sort of thing, um, I think that we should do, for me personally, what I think I'm gonna do moving forward with the standard sets is I'm gonna identify the cards that I wish I would open, right? Whether it be a Mythic Rare, whether it be some cool lands, whether it be something that gets reprinted, and just get those. Um, up to or slightly over the ones that we the ones that come out of the box, right? Um, there's always the argument where if you buy the box, you might be surprised. But for me, just from an upkeep and a mental stability standpoint of all the piles of cards <laughs> I have everywhere, I think I'm just going to identify the cards that are cool, that I think are interesting, that might fit into a deck now or might fit into a C, uh, an EDH deck later, and just focus on those ones. So, um, Mr. Combo, I know that you, I know that you're a big buyer of boxes. So, what do you what do you think about this? What do you think about your strategy, and, and how are you approaching the new stand? boxes that are coming out yeah sure thing so you know it's actually pretty interesting because from uh, it would have been shadows over Innistrad mm -hmm. up until throne of Eldraine I actually bought a booster box every single time sure. mm -hmm. and my initial thought was hey opening packs is fun sometimes you do get good value like I got pretty lucky with Eldritch Moon right. uh, getting like $300 worth for 90 bucks um, but you know and then you could always do a draft experience mm -hmm. but actually when Throne came out I correctly evaluated it was a trash set so I didn't want to <laughs> spend money Obviously. on a booster box yeah, pretty, you, you uh, made the smart prudent choice of deciding that. CMD tower stamp approved trash set yep so uh, I actually started doing that I actually hadn't bought a box in, in a while nice. um, I think I ended up getting a free box at uh, Magic Fest OKC mm -hmm. with all the ticks that I had been awarded uh, so you know I think I ended up getting a box of Throne just because it was like ah, didn't see anything else that I wanted but you know from a standard set I've kind of shifted here recently. Um, I want to say Ikoria, I did get a box of mm -hmm. uh, because the Trilands, you know, having five of them in there, I think I ended up pulling three or four. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I thought that was a pretty good rate. There was enough, and I kind of look at it to where, what cards do I want from the set? Right. Uh, and I usually tell myself if there's more than, let's just call it 20 cards from the set, I'm okay doing a box and maybe losing five or ten dollars um, of actual pure value than just uh, secondary market. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just one of those things to where you really just need to kind of look at your financial situation. Like I think Chuck the Slice in our uh, patron Discord has talked about, you know what, I'm just going to take a hundred dollars and buy the hundred dollars in singles I yeah. want. Yep. But then the game becomes, when do you buy those singles? Right. Yeah. Do you right, do it right. in, in the beginning? Like I know Forest Day Two Wong talks a lot. Like, oh, you should get it in the buy stuff in the first two three weeks that it's out mm -hmm. because that's when everyone's opening mm -hmm. it and the prices are going to be at its lowest. But I've actually seen like I got burned. And with Throne of Eldraine, no, with um, Theros Beyond Death. So I ended up buying the Showcase Foil Ashiok in the first two, three weeks it was out. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up paying at the at now 
five times more than what I could buy it for today. Wow, really? <laughs> That's yeah. So nice. I just got completely burned on it. So, so I think it, I, I think if you go the singles route, yes. If there is literally like four cards you want mm -hmm. for it, absolutely, just buy your four cards, and it doesn't even matter if you overpaid yeah, because right. you probably still saved money. And you, and but you if there's the twenty want, plus. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but if there's 20 plus that you want, you're probably better just gambling with a box. And then, yeah, you maybe didn't get one, but also there's 200, 300 cards in these sets. There's a lot of times as I'm cracking pads, I'm like, huh, I didn't even, I don't even remember this yeah. one in preview season. That's a good card. So think, that's kind of where I sit with it. And I think, I think now since we're seeing products, like every single product that's coming out, right? Even if it is a standard set, there's so much that's playable or potentially good for commander. I think the chances of being like opening a box just full of stinkers of cards you're never going to use is like probably the lowest right like even core 20 yeah even core 2021 there's piles of cards in there like a lot of the things that we've been seeing the reprints the new cards are all like these are all great in commander right so right. i think yep. that's that's again your own if you only identify a handful or whatever amount of cards that you're looking for that's going to be kind of your i think you bring up a great point of like doing your own internal cost benefit analysis right versus how many you can get out of the box so I think that's a I think that's a really good idea. Did you did now did you pre order twenty twenty one yet? I have not. Okay. Um, I, I noticed and the yet it, you threw in there as well. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know if I'm going to. Um, you know, some of the previews have impressed me, but a lot of the stuff is sitting in that rare and mythic slot. So right. it's like, am I really going to get all what the, I all want? These ones you want, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sweet. What do you think about yeah. it? How, how do you kind of approach a standard set? And you know, do you live life on the singles? Do you live life on the on the boxes, or even draft? Um, I miss the drafts. Quite honestly, I enjoyed those, and that is to me the only time I would ever advocate buying a whole box. Mm -hmm. um, I've bought a box of cards a couple different times, and I know people talk about the dopamine dump, and you get to open a bunch of packs sure. and have a great time. But to me. Almost every single box I've opened has been the exact opposite of a dopamine. <laughs> it's just like, well, this is kind of sucked, and I didn't get anything at all that I was thinking I was going to get, and especially nowadays, and I know core sets are kind of a side of this, but to talk about other sets and boxes, they're putting out all of these different mythic booster packs and things like that that have all your fancy cards, and they've excluded them, and we've talked about this before, where... You don't necessarily have the option to draw the most valuable card out of a pack anymore, which to me kind of negates wanting to buy a booster box, because if I can't have right. the option of buying a booster box and cracking a pack and getting the card that is technically most desirable, if that's off the table, then I'm just going to go and buy the individual cards myself. Um, right. And especially on the core sets, yeah, they have some cool reprints and things like that, but it's very, very, very rare that there's something exciting or something new that, that you don't have access to. And for the amount of money you're going to spend on a booster box between what is like 80 and 120 bucks on average, you're probably going to be able to buy the exact card that you would be so goddamn happy to draw. Mm -hmm. So... In my opinion, I don't think that I'm in on buying boxes, at least at the rate that they're putting things out and the exclusivity that they're putting these cards into into different packs where you don't have access to them. Sure. I, I don't have a lot of incentive to buy boxes. I'd much rather, if I get some packs like at MTG OKC, uh, use my ticks and got some packs and had a real heater on Core <laughs> 20. Uh, drew like the five most valuable cards in a row out of five packs, right. and it was great. But... I'm not going to go and buy a big box expecting that to ever happen. 
That makes sense. So again, like I think you bring up a good point where we're getting more and more coming out and more and more, you know, things to see and more and more decisions to make. So um, speaking of those decisions, we are also starting to get multiple premiere sets a year. So for example, this year we already got the mystery booster box. Um, Double Masters is coming up and then Commander Legends is also probably shaping up to be something that's also this premiere harder to get mm-hmm. thing. So um, I so I think the two things to think about through this one is again, should you buy a box? Should you wait for spoilers? Um, and what's the time for it? So for me, um, if I am going to buy a box of product at a, at a you know price more than the cards may be even worth, these right. are the sets I'm going to do it on, right? So based on the spoilers, based on the box toppers that can come out of it, these sort of sets are monsters, right? Um, and I think Double Masters is at this point, in my opinion, a little hard to judge just because we only know that there's four cards. <laughs> we only know there's four yeah, cards it's, in it's it, It's in right? the ether, but they're, they're right. making a lot of, of okay. rare and mythic promises per pack which Ex- I like. exactly and a lot of like hubbub about you know the cards are gonna be printed on it i think like hubbub. yeah it's classic um i think the better example or like the er example of this is like mystery booster box right when you mm-hmm. when we were able to get these at 130 140 dollars a piece phenomenal you were almost guaranteed to get your value out of it right because we also do the full spoiler set going into it so um if you are going to if you are going to risk your money on it if you are going to risk the opening thing especially now because we're not really drafting and if you want to spend the time to sit at your kitchen table or in your dungeon and just crack packs by yourself and pray for the best um i think these premiere sets are the ones to go on uh mr combo what do do we think about that yeah so this is actually the one where i would say i buy i buy these pre-order sight unseen Mm -hmm. um as soon as they come out and the reason is is i'm looking on tcg player right now uh, Iconic Masters is pretty much known as like the worst master set out of all of them. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> those are selling for 200 bucks a booster box. Really? I think we wow. got those for 150. Yeah. I think they were 150 yeah, bucks yeah. pre-order. In the 150 uh, rate, Ma- that's great. Ultimate Masters uh, is going for 350. Those sold for 200, I think. Yeah. And people made a big if, if, hub up. Remember, people freaked out about that. $200 yeah. for a box? What do you mean I'm paying yeah. 200 Well, now they're reselling for 350 because of the value. And then you go even deeper, look at the Modern Masters 2017. Granted, this is a booster box case, right. but it's going for two grand. Holy so that God. means $500 a box. Right. So these are ones that always 100% pay out their value. Mm -hmm. It's just the price tag to get into it is so high. Mm -hmm. So it makes it sometimes cost prohibitive. You're going to get your value. I'm going to say nine times out of 10 at some point over the 24 months after it releases, because these sets are for legacy vintage and commander, which are in, and I think all of us can agree, those are the three most expensive formats to play sure. in. Yes, you can build budget commander, and yes, modern decks can be very expensive, but if you take a modern 10 out of 10 power level deck versus a commander 10 out of 10 power level oh, deck, yeah, the commander deck is going to be worth like three to four times the value. Oh, yeah, 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 $1,000 over. Sure. So, so, do you, so I also think that, um, especially like Mystery Boosters, there were so many good picks out of that that it would be mm-hmm. hard to be like, if I'm going to order every single card I want out of that, it's going to be like $500, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Whereas like pulling the trigger on the box, you have a good chance of getting the good cards that you want. Um, yep. And some things on top of that. So Squee, what do you, what do you think about, what do you think about the value? Oh, I'm sorry. Combo has another question or another point. 
No, no. Yeah. So what I was going to get into, though, is so I know the big thing right now is with Double Masters, the pre-order price is over $300. Yeah. And I know that's where a lot of uh, worry has been like, is it worth it? So some point of reference, Double Masters is going to have 332 cards. Ultimate Masters had 254 in the set. So you're getting 80 more cards in the set than you have in previous ones. And then also, Tuck, correct me if I'm wrong, a booster box had 24 boosters. Mm -hmm. We're still getting 24 packs of boosters here, but, but is it more per pack? No, yeah, it's, it's still it's double rare and mythic, I assume. Yeah, it's the double no. it's the double rare and double foils rare per pack. Okay. Um, and then they're doing two non-foil borderless showcase box toppers in each box as well. Mm -hmm. So that's where to me the extra let's just say we compare it to ultimate masters the extra hundred dollars mm -hmm. is worth it because those box toppers and ultimate masters for the most part were worth some pretty penny yeah unless you got one of the unlucky five you know like me balefire dragon <laughs> wait you got a balefire dragon too <laughs> yeah <laughs> So unless you get unlucky like that, most of the box toppers were worth sixty, seventy, eighty dollars. And right. I think the fact that you're getting an extra foil per pack and yeah. an extra rare per pack, mm -hmm. that's just immediately it's making great. it worth that extra hundred bucks. Sure. And I think double masters will be a set, guys. I'm not kidding. Come Christmas time, mark my words, they're gonna be going for five hundred dollars a box. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. So, Squee, I know uh, that I know that you're not a box guy, and, and you're you're correct. more conservative with your purchasing. Have you thought about getting a box of mystery boosters or anything like that when it's been spoiled? Um, I did think about getting the mystery booster box just because the list was so expansive and so awesome. Yeah. Um, and quite honestly, I thought about getting a doubles masters box. I'm, yeah. I ended up not doing it. Uh, mostly money money aside. Mm -hmm. Um, but to me, these are the only instances of a booster box that i would buy personally as a whole box itself. Sure. because if i'm going to go in there i want to know that i have access like we were talking about to all the cards that are available in the printings that are available that are going to be the most valuable two typically these master sets have a much more expansive version of the good cards that you're looking for right yeah the staples maybe and the standards yeah maybe the core set will have three or four staples or standards that you're going to hope to pull out of 36 packs right whereas this you know there's probably 15 or 20 that you're going to try and pull out of 24 packs so to me sure. the math there makes a lot more sense on what you're going to get especially in doubles masters 2 because you're going to get doubles masters 2 that's great um, <laughs> that'll uh, be in four years yeah because you're going to get double everything in your pack right, yeah two rares two mythics or sorry two foils uh, and i i would consider doing this type of booster box and right. if I had the money right now, I probably would have bought one. So I, I guess I'll leave it at that. As sure. a conservative magic buyer, I think the doubles masters box and those type of masters sets ones, yeah, generally when they come out are great value. They always go up in price and they always have cards that are going to be right. in commander. Now, the one thing I will say before we possibly segue to the next section, the one thing I would not ever recommending spending a dime on when it comes to these expansive editions is there are the collector's boosters for standard, oh, which yeah. it's not a good investment, no, no, but no, that, no, that no, can no, be. No, 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 no. But 
but the uh, this expansion set where they have the VIP edition, do not spend your money on that. The VIP edition pack right now is going for $133 for, for Double Masters. One pack. Oh my god, yeah, don't do that. Gross. Well, and and so Yeah, so that's literally a waste of money. And and to wrap it wow. up kind of with like the boost the things in general, it, even in like Battle Bond, which was a set they printed a lot of and you could get for $90, even a box of that right now is going for close to 200. So, like, yep. I think it goes to show that these more collector's editions ones are worth... Are, you can either hold on to them and crack them, or hold them on and resell them later. So, anyways, um, but moving along. So, this is the one that I have the uh, biggest problem with, as everyone on the cast uh, is well aware of. So, <laughs> when to upgrade your deck and when to build new ones. So, um, this is an interesting... This is a topic that hits very close to home for me, because I currently have two decks that I've been on my that have been on my TCG or uh, want list, right? One of which is the Zazon Tamar, which I can't wait to build. I've been waiting for it. And the other one's the Yasuma Dragonclaw, <laughs> a teamer deck that I actually want to do, right? However, the problem with me has been my magic budget that I set for myself every month has been eaten up by these booster things by talking about these decks and being like, oh, a $50 upgrade for my Sphinx deck is a lot easier to stomach in one barrel <laughs> than a 200 for my new deck, right? So um, I have always, I for me, especially now that we're now that we're being a little more retrospective through this podcast, it's a lot easier for me to go through and like upgrade decks and think about them more holistically. Um, whereas previously I was like, ah, that deck's good enough. Like I want to do something else, right? So um, <laughs> sure. for me, I think it's, uh, I don't know. I guess I, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other on this one. Um, and that may be because I've, I've just built so many decks and it's hard for me to go revisit them, but it's always hard for me to be like, well, that secret layers is $160 of value. But I could get an entire new deck for 180 and have something new to play once every yes. six months. So yeah. um, for someone who's not a complete psychopath, uh, Squee, why don't you talk about this one first? Yeah, yeah. So happy to take the lead. Um, the way that I go about it, and I have far less decks than than Mr. Combo and Big Tuck. I think I have, after dismantling Atraxa recently, five, because I built a new one just to, to fill the space. Oh, I remember those days. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're when five, when five was enough. <laughs> yeah. So, so to me, and I honestly do not put much money into Magic mm-hmm. every single month. I will buy cards when I know to myself that I want that and I need it and it fits that deck. But to me, I would I would say as a, as a word of, of guidance... If you ever get to the point where you think you're not having fun with your deck anymore, take it apart. Yeah. It's done. If you're not playing it and you're not having fun with it, why the hell do you have it? That is the yeah. hardest lesson that Big Tuck has still not learned. <laughs> so. so, like, to me, I like I dismantled Atraxa. That was, right. that was a fine deck. It did well, but I hated playing it. I hated the idea of playing it. I didn't want it. Um, I've dismantled other decks in the same fashion to be like, I played it five, six, seven, eight times. I gave it a shot. It wasn't just like a bad game or anything, but I I generally didn't like this. So I'm going to dismantle it and then build a new deck with probably one of the pre-cons that comes out or something like Mm -hmm. that that's new. Um, And then kind of to that point, when you upgrade decks on a very similar page upgrade it until you're sick of upgrading it if you ask me so for example like my reese deck i i'm not sick of upgrading that i'll probably never be sick of upgrading that and i Jesus. enjoy doing it you make leave it, it alone you make, you make it sick. 
Yeah, but but to me, I have fun doing that and upgrading right. it and making those hard cuts. I think that's fun where other people are like, oh, it's a hard cut and I don't ever want to make that decision. That's fine. But at the same rate, if I get to a point where I'm upgrading a deck that I'm kind of having fun with, but it's still not working, that's when I take it apart. Mm-hmm. And you build a new deck, take the scraps out of it, use the pieces that you have in there because you're going to have Sol Rings. You're going to have right. useful stuff that you can reappropriate into other decks. So I, I use a lot of the cards that I have. I operate on a very closed system, uh, I guess, as it were. Sure. Uh, where it's like a closed loop internet thing. Um, so I have a lot of cards in my system that I can rotate between decks. It's just a matter of where I want to put them that day. And, right. and that allows you to keep within your budget. If you see something exciting or new, like we're talking about the Double Masters box, I'll right, probably right, right. do my best to find something and buy something like that where I can add that into my collection. But... If I don't, it's not urgent. I still have options to mm-hmm. tool around and make fun things. Yeah, you know, that's a that's a good point. So I think, you know, with me only being a little bit behind Tuck um, <laughs> at 75-ish, 80% of the amount of decks that he has, um, the, the way that I really try to do it is when I, when I build the deck, I play it. And I play it, and I play it, and I try to get a feel for it. And I think that's where the challenge kind of comes for you, Tuck. Because I actually, Duff, when I was playing him last week, he kind of made the comment of, oh, yeah, Tuck had this deck. And he said he only played it like two or three times, and he's already dismantling it. And it's like, how do you even get a feel for a deck after two or three times? And I think in a single 10 hundred-card format, that's actually very, very true. Mm -hmm. It is. A modern deck, or a 60-card format deck, I would argue, you probably get a good feel for it after about three, four games. Because you just have a bunch of four-ofs in there. It's not a single 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's less variable. so I do think in, in Commander, you have to play a deck probably 15 games before you actually have a feel if it's working or not working. Sure, yeah. And even then, it could still be a fringe case. Mm-hmm. Um, but say you do that, and you know, you're talking about when should you upgrade, when should you not. I The way I kind of do it is I build the deck, I play it the 10 or 15 times, I try to optimize it as much as I can. I actually do a lot of gold fishing online right. before I actually buy the paper cards. Uh, but then once I've done it the 10, 15, and I've optimized it a little bit further, it goes into the rotation, right. and honestly, I don't touch it again. Um, now, as I see preview cards, there will be cards that stick out to me. Ah, this could this be, be really kind of good, good XYZ, in this right. deck, but I will not go out and buy it unless it's a banger. Mm-hmm. So, for yeah, example, yeah. I did buy the new Narset Planeswalker for my um, uh, Savine deck. Sure, yeah. It's a perfect deck for a Jeskai deck. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially one that deals in non-creatures. So, yes, that was one that's like, it's too good to pass up. I should buy it and put it in there. But, honestly, there's a lot of cards that come out, like, plenty that probably would go into my Shirai Teeny Weenie deck. Mm-hmm. But I'm not buying all the chaff fodder <laughs> that constantly comes out every set just because they're one power and it could be good in the deck. Right. Um, so, you know, I think it's finding that balance. Um, now, to kind of go to the point of... Spending $160 on a thing could make me another deck. I think once you've done your path to 32, cough, cough, big tuck, uh, the money should be used for supplemental products like that because then that you could, <clears throat> could strictly upgrade some of the decks that you probably did more budget the first go around. Mm-hmm. So sure. I think for me, it's a little bit to squeeze point. Once I get done with my path to 32, before I start duplicating colors, I'm probably going to go back and see which ones I did a little bit more on a budget and see which mana bases I need to upgrade, right, yeah. which ones have 
had cards come out in the last few years, and I'll probably make all of the decks better than start on my path to 100 soul rings. I'm going to bring up a thought that just came to me while you were speaking. Uh, yes. <laughs> I hate for, this podcast. <laughs> this is for... <laughs> yes, I'm done. I'm out. I'm walking out the door. I gotta go. Um, but what I was thinking is for a future action news because i don't want to talk about now it's going to take a long time but do you or do you not upgrade your deck to your meta and i'll leave it at that i want to dip out of this segment and go on to the next place get out of here (laughs) because i don't want to dive into this i know it's going to get into some heated shit but i'll leave that for everybody i like it I, I have I have made a note, but anyway. So um, I know we all have different opinions on when to buy, what to buy, um, when to wait, and all that stuff. But hopefully, hearing it from people who have different buying patterns and different things they're looking for, maybe it will help you uh, make your decisions on your own. Aber duels. <laughs> and always buy your Aber duels. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's gonna wrap up. What's the plane chase? Now, in that last segment, so we dived into those creative juices with the Weatherland. live from Weatherlight Chapter 4. I'm Squee McGee. Today we're talking Greenland Control. I'm not really sure, but... Uh, friend, of the sh- friend of the show, Tice's Azusa deck? Question mark? Uh, not Azusa. Let's just say I gotta bug up my ass today to be creative, and here we are. All right. So, we're talking Chorus of the Conclave. Oh, uh, right. Carlos, two green, two white, legendary creature dryad, forest walk. As an additional cost to cast creature spells, you may pay any amount of mana. If you do, that creature enters the battlefield with that many additional plus one plus one counters on it it's a three eight and it's a rare uh honestly though the the direction that i'm going with this is going to be a hundred percent walkie um i wanted to figure out how to make a deck that could walk through anybody and <laughs> this is where we're going walk walk dot deck are you <laughs> okay so i know i think it was chuck the slice uh that brought this up as something to talk about are you a hundred percent sure we haven't talked about this on we haven't had this exact same conversation because i could have sworn that we've talked about course on the conclave at some point during the report no nope. no okay not 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 as a commander at least i'm sure All it right. may have been brought up but okay. uh this is more or less a token commander just because it has forest walk um so i wanted to bring to light a bunch of green cards that allow you to forest walk through anybody that you want and then you can fill in whatever forest walk cards you can find in the meantime so first card i want to talk about is thelonite monk it is two colorless two green summon cleric tap Sacrifice a green creature to turn target land into a basic forest. Mark change land <laughs> with a counter. So, what you're doing is not only making yourself have forest walk through those people, but you're mana screwing all of those people. Because you can turn any of their islands oh, or their mountains or whatever. Yeah, and it just sits there and it sticks. So they are just stuck with a forest. Uh, the artwork on this is terrifying. Also, <laughs> also, it's a, it's a piece of magic history. So, you know, uh, I'm on board as, with it. As they were. Yeah, yeah. As, as uh, were. For, only, for, for only 53, that's a really interesting card. Isn't it? I mean, that... It's like a destroy land. Yeah, that makes me wonder if that's like worth just throwing in my elf ball deck just to sacrifice some elf tokens. Right. That's only one. It's only one to do it. And then you can give them all there's Do you run do you run Elvis Champion in your Elf Ball deck? There's some that have there's some that give everything you control Forest Walk, I think. So Yeah. Uh I just thought of this. This is a slam dunk in every angry Omnath deck. You sack the elemental. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, the, really, the idea around this is you kind of mana screw people, but you also can turn anybody's land into a forest, and then everybody on the board has forest walk, which right. is gorgeous. So you just plow through with your big green creatures and your big white flyers and whatever you want and sure. take your extra turns, be indestructible, all that. What a pull. So, so the next one I wanted to talk about is from... Actually, I don't know what set that is. Anyways, uh, the next one I wanted to talk about is Deepwood Elder. Two green, creature, spell shaper, X, two green, tap, <laughs> discard a card from your hand, X target lands become forests until end of turn. So this is an immediate, oh. turn anybody's lands into forests so you can swing through and do whatever you like. And as we know, in green and white, it's not really hard to create tokens or have little chumpers or forest fodder to... to Get out of there, forest fodder. I like that. Um, but yeah, this is this is another way to turn target opponent into an unblockable opponent that you can swing through with. So I have, that's interesting that it's only discard a card and not X cards, because right. usually it has like a match. Yeah. Like X cards for X lands for X mana. You can also use this in a pinch to turn somebody else's mana into a different color again. Right. So you can turn X lands. So say they want a Cyclonic Rift and they only have two islands available. Then you turn one of those into a forest, and then they're screwed. Or they have to do it. Well, right, they technically, they have to do it right, they they right then. Right? Yeah, but okay, yeah, you're basically forcing them to do it then. So three right. things that's interesting in this card. Number one, it's Mercadian uh, masquerades. Or, there it is. There uh, Mercadian masks. Um, second, so the flavor text says they guarded the henge so long. Do we think it's the oh, Great, the great Hinge? Hinge? <laughs> and, then, nice. and then lastly, it's, illibra- it's illustrated by, I'm assuming, brothers, Greg Hildebrandt and Tim Hildebrandt. So, very interesting. No, no, Greg and they're actually conjoined twins. Oh, I see. That makes sense. <laughs> one of them, but they, yeah. they get their time done. They can do their drawing in half the time because they can both control one paintbrush yeah. on it. One's left-handed, one's right-handed. They can work <laughs> on the paper at the same time. It's genius. <laughs> great. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the next one I wanted to talk about is an expensive boy. Oh, uh, wow. Gaia's yeah. Liege. So Gaia's Liege is three colorless, three green, creature avatar. As long as Gaia's Liege isn't attacking, its power and toughness are equal to the number of forests you control. As long as Gaia's Liege is attacking, its power and toughness are equal to the number of forests defending player controls. Tap. Target That's land so becomes weird. a forest until Gaius leaves. Leave the battlefield. This is so weird. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable I with these it. cards. I'm making everybody uncomfortable. I was so happy with this. This is this is this is Squeeze' favorite like weatherlight report in a while. By the way, you you could totally you could totally do a infinite shenanigan with Gaia's liege and his tap and using those untapped target creature abilities oh, sure. to turn all of your opponent's lands into forests. You would Good take Lord. it, you son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> yes, lots, you lots can. Unpacked uh, there. So I, we may be onto something here. This is, this has got some legs. Uh, I like turning other people's lands into forests just out of hilarity, if nothing else. And, I don't know, man. I, I kind of like it. If you get some beaters in there, give everybody forest walk, make things unblockable. This, this, course of the conclave or not, you can pick whatever green commander or white <laughs> commander you want and put them together. There's a lot of good so fun for this thing. So funny thing is, if you really want to go budget, yes, you can go Gaia's Liege, like Squeeze recommended from probably Time Spiral, Time Shifted <laughs> yeah. for the quarter. Or you could be a true baller and go ahead and not be a coward and pick up the Alpha Edition for $375. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not buy 
literal magic history in oh, our it's just, first set. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, the reserve list doesn't make any sense. I will say that, just in case you're concerned, this will not add or remove the snow super type from a land. So make sure when you're... Because everyone's... This, is, this, pod, this, this episode's going to drop and people are going to be clamoring for Gaia's lead. It's going to spike to $400 for the time shift. Hey, but hey I'm happy is, to do it. I'm happy how, to do it in world. All right, get, let's get out of here. I can't... This is too much. Okay. So the last card is the most ridiculous, as I like to do. Uh, it's called Kudzu. That's K-U-D-Z-U for those playing the home game and typing out what they're looking for. Oh, my. It, it is a person buried in leaves with their hands sitting out of it. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> anyway, uh, it is a one colorless, two green enchant land. When target land becomes tapped, it is destroyed. Unless that was the last land in play, Kudzu is not discarded. Instead, that player whose land is just destroyed may place it on another land in play. This is anarchy. I'm I'm also, I'm also really glad you decided to pick the one that has the most work to it. So if you want to pick one that's a little less verbose, it's when a chain of land becomes tapped, destroyed. There you go. The land's controller may attach it to a land of their choice. Uh, also part of the reserve list. Also illustrated by Mark Poole. This card's awesome. Like, <laughs> awesome. This is just pure chaos. This will bounce around the entire magic game for the rest of the game because you know somebody's going to have a Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love it. Dude, I I, I kind of want to throw this in my Lord Windrace deck. Oh, that's two for four. I'm I'm feeling good today. Oh, man. And also, owning a piece of magic history, it doesn't list the price for uh, the alpha, but you can get a beta for $150 if you don't want to go with the budget $1.79. If you really need that black border, if you really need it. What a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I, I had a bug up my ass today. I figured we'd go something a little off the rails. I like it. Well and done. Here we are. Well done, sir. Yeah, I mean, normally normally, me and Tuck have some sort of, like, recommendation to, like, to add, but honestly, you've picked such a weird archetype. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Like, no, no, like no, the only no, thing no, I can no, think no, of. I got one. I got one. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I got one. I mean, you could just throw a Dryad Arbor no, in the deck. No, I know. I know. I wanted to, but I know. No, 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 no. Or no, sorry, one. Song of the Dryads. Song of the Dryads. There we yeah, go. That's too expensive. I couldn't do it. But I oh, know. No, no, here we that go. Here was, we go. That was where this first thought came from. Alright, so this is an under this is an underplayed one, okay? Here we go. Yamamaya Dryad, colorless green green for a creature dryad, two one forest walk. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a forest card and put it under uh, onto the battlefield tapped under target player's control. Yeah. <laughs> so you know you get one of your lands to give to them and then stop over them. Yeah. Uh, also, your land is your land. My land is your also, land. Point of order, they had the gall to reprint this in Commander 2020. Upsetting <laughs> as a ramp card when uh, Wood Elves is like cents on the dollars. So very, very upsetting. Wow. Well, I'm going to label this the squeeze special for uh, the Weatherlight Report and dip out and kick it back to the Action 4 News Test with Mr. <laughs> Clownfoot with Big Tuck. Thank you for staying with us. And as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower and Level 1 Game Shop by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, and placing orders through level1gameshop.com. Also, another way to support your news team is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. With reward tiers for all the budgets, there's a way that you, the collective, can help make this deck come alive. You can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 News Team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, CMD Tower. You can communicate directly with your news team at CMD Tower, at Mr. Common Number 5, all spelled out except for the 5, at Dear Squee, at Big Tuck Tweeting. From your MTG Action 4 News Team, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Good night.